Working with a team of sound engineers, we translated medical data into a musical experience of the human body at work. The data for the track came from the fields of oncology, endocrinology, cardiology, and neurosciences. We used data from an ECG machine to create the beat by mixing an audio recording of a heart with a synthesizer. Brain waves from EEG data were transformed using a synthesizer controlling volume, frequency, and expression. Using DNA sequences, the four base nucleotides, A, C, G, and T, were assigned to musical notes to form a complex melody. And the daily cycle of the hormone cortisol was used to play notes on a piano and synthesizer in a surprisingly melodic fashion. Together, these sounds created the human harmonic. This is Lori Booth for The Genuine Human Connection. Today, we are continuing our conversation about sound and human communication. Some of the sounds in the human harmonic heard at the top of the show, produced by the University of Colorado Audio Project, are actual physical sounds coming from the body, which can be picked up on microphones and recorded. Some of the sounds have been translated from electrical, chemical, or physical phenomenon and turned into audio representations, but do not themselves generate physical sounds. One of these electrochemical physical phenomenon are brainwaves. Courtesy of the University of Leicester, here's what they sound like when hooked up to a speaker that interprets the chemical electrical signal into a sound we can hear. Brain waves are so-called because of neurons firing in pulsating groups. Now, imagine a large sports stadium. The whole stadium of people screaming is the brain. Each individual person screaming is a neuron. Brain waves are like the wave at a large sports stadium where a section of people stand up and sit down quickly. In a stadium, a group of people in a vertical column from field to nosebleeds stand up and sit down quickly. Then a vertical column of people next to them do the same, stand up, sit down. The column next to them do it, the column next to them, and so forth going around the stadium. From the television camera's perspective, it looks as though a wave is propagating around the stadium, and in theory, it is. However, it's not a vibration. It's a wave pattern. Groups of neurons in the brain fire in groups, rest, fire, rest, creating a wave pattern, but not a vibration. Scientists use the term oscillations. However, this might also be misleading as we speak about strings on an instrument oscillating to produce sound, these string oscillations vibrate against the air, causing pressure waves in the air molecules that propagate toward our ears and hit our eardrums. It's a different sort of oscillation from the rise and fall of activity. The oscillations of neurons firing might be likened to daytime versus nighttime activity in an office that oscillates with more or fewer workers on a regular pattern throughout the week. Neurons might fire in these groups in quick succession or take longer breaks, creating periods of quicker frequency of firings or slower frequency of firings. It is this more rapid repeating or slower repeating 
that create a rhythm neuroscience calls brainwaves. Vibration has little or nothing to do with it. But what about the vibrations within our own bodies? Well, the vibration of our own atoms have a frequency, an incredibly high one, far beyond any animal hearing as well as beyond what any instrument is capable of detecting. Each cell within our bodies resonates at a certain frequency as well as the rogue cells that create disease. Anthony Holland is a music professor at Skidmore College with an interest in microbiology. He talks to an audience at Skidmore College in 2013 about his discoveries merging both disciplines. Many of us have seen this very charming young man on the internet who shatters crystal glasses with his powerful voice. But if you watch him carefully, you'll see that first he taps the glass with his finger and listens. The glass sings its natural resonant pitch. Then he takes a deep breath and sings a loud, long note. He induces a resonant vibration in the crystal glass. The vibration grows larger and larger and larger until the glass is shattered. On the other end of the scale, we have a Tacoma Narrows bridge, a suspension bridge made out of concrete and steel. And unfortunately, where they built this bridge, there was a steady wind blowing across it. And one day, this wind induces a small vibration in the bridge, hardly noticeable. But the frequency of the vibration matches the resonant frequency of some part of the bridge. And the vibration gets larger and larger and larger until the bridge collapses into the river below. A destructive resonant frequency. So on one end of the scale, we have a giant concrete and steel bridge destroyed by resonance. And on the other, we have a small crystal glass shattered. So maybe we could shatter something even smaller, something really small, something you would need a microscope to see. Maybe we could shatter a living microorganism. It turns out this is the beginning of a process of destruction for cancer cells. We now know that cancer is vulnerable between the frequencies of 100,000 hertz and 300,000 hertz. So now we attack leukemia cells. Leukemia cell number one tries to grow a copy of itself, but the new cell is shattered into dozens of fragments and scattered across the slide. Leukemia cell number two then hyperinflates and also dies. Leukemia cell number three then tries to make another cancer cell. The new cell is shattered and the original cell dies. Since I was a 17-year-old high school student with twin interests in both music and science. Although there is no known technology which can emit any frequencies refined enough to destroy a whole human at large scale physically, unless you count tsunamis and earthquakes, audible sounds can be damaging and destructive to our well-being as commercial sound expert Julian Treasure outlines. Most of the sound around us is accidental, much of it is unpleasant. We stand on street corners shouting over noise like this and pretending that it doesn't exist. 
Well, this habit of suppressing sound has meant that our relationship with sound has become largely unconscious. There are four major ways sound is affecting you all the time, and I'd like to raise them in your consciousness today. First is physiological. Sorry about that. I've just given you a shot of cortisol, your fight-flight hormone. Sounds affecting your hormone secretions all the time, but also your breathing, your heart rate, which I just also did, and your brain waves. The second way in which sound affects you is psychological. Music is the most powerful form of sound that we know that affects our emotional state. This is guaranteed to make most of you feel pretty sad if I leave it on. Music is not the only kind of sound, however, which affects your emotions. Natural sound can do that too. Birdsong, for example, is a sound which most people find reassuring. There's a reason for that. Over hundreds of thousands of years, we've learned that when the birds are singing, things are safe. It's when they stop, you need to be worried. The third way in which sound affects you is cognitively. You can't understand two this people talking at once, or in this track. case, one person talking Try twice. To the other one. You have to choose which me you're going to listen to. We have a very small amount of bandwidth for processing auditory input, which is why noise like this is extremely damaging for productivity. If you have to work in an open plan office like this, your productivity is greatly reduced, and whatever number you're thinking of, it probably isn't as bad as this. You are one-third as productive in open-plan offices as in quiet rooms. And I have a tip for you. If you have to work in spaces like that, carry headphones with you with a soothing sound like birdsong, put them on, and your productivity goes back up to triple what it would be. The fourth way in which sound affects us is behaviorally. With all that other stuff going on, it would be amazing if our behavior didn't change. So ask yourself, is this person ever going to drive at a steady 28 miles per hour? I don't think so. At the simplest, you move away from unpleasant sound and towards pleasant sound. So if I were to play this for more than a few seconds, you'd feel uncomfortable. For more than a few minutes, you'd be leaving the room in droves. For people who can't get away from noise like that, it's extremely damaging for their health. As Treasure said, sounds can be damaging to our health and reduce productivity. However, sounds can also affect us positively. Art and music connect us to an inner part of ourselves. Concert pianist James Rhodes talks about how music saved his life after suffering extreme physical abuse as a child. And we are funny or argumentative on Twitter. We poke people on Facebook. We swipe on Tinder. We buy shit we don't need from Amazon. We eat junk food. We, we do so many things looking outside to try and make what's happening inside feel just a little bit better. And weirdly, we, we've got it the wrong way around. Two weeks ago, I was in Madrid, and I was doing a concert here. And in the concert, I was playing a piece of Beethoven. And so in the morning of the concert, I walked down to the Prado Museum. I went to see the Goya paintings. Goya and Beethoven have a lot of similarities. They looked inside of themselves to express what was going on in the outside world. Beethoven ripped up the rule book, and he composed music that really, for the first time, in musical history was about feelings. It was about interiority, looking inside. It wasn't about the glory of God making the people paying him happy. It was about feelings. And the truth is, all of us today, myself included, we have forgotten how to shut up and just sit and be still and just be. Things are so fast, we've forgotten how to listen, how to really listen and hear. What would happen if we were all a bit more honest 
about what was going on in the inside. It's an extraordinary thing to be able to do. It's a brave thing to do. Would the world be a better place? I don't know. Would it be a more trustworthy place? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that I find it very difficult to trust. I, I had quite a challenging childhood and upbringing. Music is the one thing that when bad things were happening, it literally saved my life. Even today when it's going wrong, listen to music and everything changes. You know, they say that the soul resides at that junction point between our inner and our outer worlds. That small space between dreams and fantasy and reality. And my happiest moments are when I get back to that place, even if it's only for a short time. That's where Bach and Beethoven, that's the space they inhabited and they created from. Bach invented mindfulness playing the piano, listening to music, listening, really listening, is mindfulness. It's, an, it's, it's where the magic happens. I'm not a religious man at all, but there is no greater proof for the existence of God than Bach, Beethoven, Prokofiev. Chopin, Liszt, Brahms, Rachmaninoff, Shostakovich, Stravinsky, Schubert, Schumann, Ravel, Debussy, Scriabin, Bartok, Hummel, Haydn, Mozart. And that is a much, much, much stronger list of things to help us connect to that part of ourselves than trimipramine, fluoxetine, citalopram, olanzapine, lithium, any one of the dozens of medications and drugs that I've taken over the years. And of course, medication is important. It kept me alive for a bit. But music is where the real magic happens, much more than drugs, much more than self-help books. We don't need it because the truth is, the absolute fundamental truth is that every single one of you is a miracle. You're perfect just the way you are. And the reason to get in, the, the way to get in touch with that part of us is to listen and to connect and to celebrate this idea of interiority. And music, the saddest thing is that we know how powerful it is. We all know the impact it has. And yet progressive governments all around the world have absolutely massacred music education. And the truth is, unless you have money today, your kids aren't gonna learn music. They're not gonna know who Bach is. Inner music.
what would be the impact of connecting with ourselves, hearing ourselves, and being honest with ourselves? We are all affected by the sounds around us, but not just the sounds outside of us. We are affected by the frequency we ourselves produce and resonate with. David Meltzer talks about finding your own frequency. To be authentic, it takes one thing, and that's to find your own frequency. And finding your frequency can be very confusing. I didn't realize it until later on in life when I was flying to India, and I ran into actually a medical doctor, Dr. Sangeeta Sahi. And she said, well, you know, everything vibrates. The earth vibrates the slowest, then plants, animals, human, then sound, and then light, and then thought. And she asked me an important question at that time. She said, do you know what vibrates the fastest? The truth. The truth vibrates the fastest. And you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. Your frequency is your vibration. And that vibration is so important because it carries your potential, your truth. And we all should be consistent every day and persistent without quit in the pursuit of our potential or our truth. We have to have clarity of our frequency so people actually can understand what we're talking about. We want to vibrate faster. We want others to be aware of the truth. And we want to be of service. We want to do good deeds. All the different things that we've talked about today in order to perpetuate those great ideas that have lasted forever. The biggest tragedy I see is everybody wants to have a frequency, but please everyone. That's impossible. We cannot care about the opinions of others, good and bad. We must focus on ourselves. We must have and be in spirit enthusiasts, right? The, the light within ourselves, that frequency that Dr. Sangeeta Sahi saw in me, you must find your light, especially the young people today. We cannot just replicate what other people do. If you want to be ordinary, then you'll do what ordinary people do. If you want to be extraordinary, you will find your frequency and stick to it and allow it to evolve. You will raise your vibration. So not only will you reach more people with a stronger single, bigger spectrum and with greater clarity. That's how we can change the world. That's how the truth will be seen. Meltzer says it's not the opinion of others, good or bad, but being true to our highest vibrations that matters in authenticity. He alludes to an interesting concept which he doesn't expound upon, but could be argued that we think we are perceiving and influenced by information from outside of ourselves. However, many people like Dr. Sangeeta Sahi say everything we experience is actually experienced within. And from a purely technical standpoint, this point doesn't find much traction for argument. Guru Jaggi Vasudev provides an insightful explanation of this. You know everything in the existence, only the way it happens within you, isn't it so? Do you see me right now? Hello? Even if you're not listening, do you see me? Huh? Just use one hand and point out where I am. You're getting it wrong, you know. I am a mystic, you know. <laughs> now, this light is falling upon me, reflecting, going through your lenses, inverted image in the retina, you know the entire story, isn't it? Where do you see me right now? Within yourself. Where do you hear me right now? 
within yourself, where have you seen the whole world? Within yourself, have you ever experienced anything outside of yourself? Have you? Have you ever experienced anything outside of yourself? Light and darkness is happening within you. Sound and silence is happening within you. Joy and misery is happening within you. Agony and ecstasy is happening within you. You have never experienced anything outside of you, is that so? Did you experience something here? No. You experience everything the way it happened within you. Even right now somebody next to you touches your hand, if someone touches your hand, you think you're experiencing their hand. No, you're only experiencing the sensations in your hand, isn't it? So in the very nature of things, you can never ever experience anything other than yourself. You think you're seeing the stars? No, you're seeing it only the way it's projected in the firmament of your mind, isn't it? You don't know how the stars are, you know it only the way it's happening within you. Yes or no? So if you want to know this better, you don't read a scripture, you don't listen to other people's discourses, you work to sharpen your perception so that you see things clearly. If you see everything just the way it is, would you navigate your life effortlessly? Hmm? That's all, isn't it? If you explore the concept of inner sound more, you will come across light and sound teachings or Surat Shabd Yoga, which purport to guide people toward that truth that Dr. Sangeeta Sahi referenced, the highest vibration. Even though the topic of light and sound paths is one I have explored thoroughly for many years, it is outside the scope of this essay, and one you will have to explore for yourself. In the next episode of Genuine Human Connection, I interview Ed Tilsner on his diagnosis with cancer, and we talk about what genuine human connection means for family and friends relating to his news. Sources for my research can be found in the show notes for this podcast. This is Lori Booth for the Genuine Human Connection podcast. More episodes can be found on music platforms everywhere or by visiting my website, lauriebooth.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-O-O-T-H dot com.